Welcome to the Loud Thinker Podcast, hosted by the Loud Thinker. That's me. Here you will listen to conversation from a Black, opinionated woman, which makes me above. Conversations will range from highly inflammatory topics such as politics, race, current events, you name it. What you will get are my thoughts, my opinions, my feelings, because I am free from groupthink. So get comfy and enjoy the Loud Thinker experience. Welcome to another episode of The Loud Thinker, hosted by none other than The Loud Thinker. Today's episode is going to be about, do I deserve reparations? Now, this is actually kind of a serious topic, but I don't want to be overly serious, right? Because it just kind of like puts me on 10. I don't feel like being on 10, but I do want to have the conversation. So, do I deserve reparations? The reason why I bring this question up is because I was having a conversation with another one of my uh, white male, kind of like a co-worker, but actually a friend. And in the middle of this conversation, the topic of reparations comes up. And actually, I think I was the one I brought it up, if I'm being honest, right? And so we were talking about, you know, should black people get reparations? Well, He had the audacity to ask me, well, why do you think you deserve reparations? (gasps) You know, (laughs) I wanted to warm up my hands like I was ready to slap somebody. I mean, literally, I was just kind of like, if I could just warm up my hands and get it nice and warm so that the slap of it, the pure slapacity of it would like reverberate throughout like the entire universe. <sighs> Child. Anyway, so I found that the question was, you know, triggering for me because I'm like, how dare you ask me that? It was almost accusatory. Why do you think you, you are owed reparations? And, you know, I guess my response was, why do I have to always justify myself? I feel like I'm always like on defense. I always have to justify myself. (sighs) Just, you know. So anyway, let me refer back to my handy dandy Google friend here. You know, basically what Google says was the making of amends for a wrong one has done by paying money. To or otherwise, helping those who have been wronged. Okay? So, basically what they're saying is reparations are meant as compensation. Or to make whole for damage. The key word here is damage. It's to make whole for damage that has been caused to a group of people. And let me tell you, I believe America needs to make amends for the years of benefiting from unpaid labor and systematic injustices to African-Americans. Okay, so let that sink in for a minute. Unpaid labor. It was stolen. We were never compensated for it. So African-Americans, you know, we we were brought over here as like chattel slaves. We were nothing more than property. And so there's always those people out there saying like, oh, you know, we were brought over here and we were enslaved. And I'm like, no, 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 no. 
No, and more no. See, a lot of these people, you know, like the Italians or the Irish, maybe the Irish, I can't remember, they were indentured servants. African Americans, or I like to just say black people, but we were chattel slaves. That is not the same thing as an indentured servant. See, indentured servants are basically contracting their labor for a specified period of time. So their labor was never free. I know as chattel slaves, our labor was stolen. But an indentured servant's labor was, it's never free. And they're typically given something as compensation for fulfilling their contract. It could be land, a horse, I don't know, a partridge in a pear tree. But nevertheless, that experience cannot be compared to that of the African American in this country. I believe reparations are necessary because there was damage caused by slavery. There was damage and we have not been made whole. And there was a systematic attack on the African-American people. Let's just talk about how a whole lineage was, was wiped out. Well, not so much that it was wiped out. It is, it's, it's not completely known. It's not known. So let's talk about some of the damage. We've had all kinds of damage. We've had discriminatory policies from like the Jim Crow era. 58% of African Americans live in the South and they continue to suffer those generational impacts. I mean, think about it. Let's, let's think about this for a second. You're in a car and you get T-boned, right? You get hit. There's an accident. It's not your fault. But you are physically damaged. You're emotionally distraught. Your vehicle is damaged. There has been damage, damage, damage on so many levels. Typically what happens is the insurance company will step in. Hopefully if they're behaving righteously, they will try to repair or to make you whole with your vehicle. If you've lost compensation, they make sure that you are compensated for your losses. They'll even ensure that, or supposedly, that your medical bills are paid for. So it's addressed, you know, like holistically, physically, emotionally, mentally, um, materialistically. See, there was damage that has been caused to you, and now they have to make whole. They have to repair reparations. I just wanted that to sink in for a second. Reparations. We, as an American society, African Americans, oh, look. See, after we were treated like chattel slaves, the African Americans were subsequently freed. See, we were actually freed. But there was, there were like all these actions that had been taken against us that it caused harm. So there was like increased barriers to, you know, any, any kind of economic well-being, any kind of health wellness and, and financial security. I'm going to read something that I had written down because um, I thought it was important. Vice President Andrew Johnson reversed the General William T. Sherman order to provide 
freed slaves, 40 acres in a loaned mule, after President Lincoln was assassinated. Andrew Johnson returned the land to the former Confederate owners, leaving African-Americans no other choice but to be sharecroppers. That is crazy. We have the National Housing Act, which is otherwise known as red, <clears throat> redlining. That's when the lenders would literally draw a, a, a red line. They would draw like a red line on, on a map around like the neighborhoods that they didn't want to invest in based on the demographics. Okay? That's crazy. So the lenders would go as far as to ensure even lower income whites were, in, they were like making sure that they were capable of receiving loans. But that did not extend to us regular old blackity black blacks. See, we were actually denied access to, to mortgage capital. This prevented us from home ownership and kept us out of the suburbs. We had the Highway Act of 1956. So it was supposed to eliminate unsafe roads, traffic jams, and um, some, I guess, bad emergency routes. Um, but they did, like, I think the first instance of that was in Sentinel. Yeah, it was in, uh, let me go to my notes here. First, the first instance of that was in Syracuse, okay? They built that Highway 81, and it ran right through the urban center. So we had, like, these, these African-American communities that were, like, just completely decimated. So they just shuffled, you know, all the regular blackity-black blacks to all these other parts of the city. And then, of course, we had the white flight out of there. So remember, so now you got white flight leaving all these cities. They can get loans and they can move to the suburbs. The blackity black blacks could not get loans and they were redlined out of the suburbs. Here's one of my favorites. President Bill Clinton's bill, crime bill, that remember the crime bill in 1994? This was devastating to our community. One of the major contributors to mass incarceration of the blackity black black men. You know, this, this ruined a lot of families and, and this had like long-term effects. It was disgusting. There were incentives that were created for the states to build prisons and increase, I mean, I'm sorry, and, and, and increase the sentences for the blackity black black men. They, they were seen as criminals. So the impact of denying us these reparations, like I said, it prevented us from having home loans, the home loans themselves. So now we can't get, we can't, you know, we can't purchase homes. If we can't get a loan, we can't purchase homes, right? Most homes are purchased through a loan, except, you know, if you're one of the privileged people who are, who's able to just buy outright, not knocking it. But we would deny the ability to purchase homes via acquiring a loan. And one of the ways that we tend to build wealth in this country is through owning our own home. Oh, gosh. You know, without the ability to obtain land and homes, that's another barrier for us blackity black blacks. That's a barrier to us being able to transfer wealth. We've got gentrification when, you know, the white people wanted to move back in. They wanted to move back into the, to the city and 
renovate the properties to, to, to levels that, that, that were unaffordable. And then, of course, we will always deny job opportunities. And, you know, we've got the disparities in how we are treated in terms of um, acquiring health care. And even if we do have some form of um, health care, the, the level of care is not the same. We've got African-American women who, you know, we are more likely to die to anything related to um, pregnancy and infant mortality. We are twice as we are twice as more likely to to have these types of issues than white women. You know, we got our our urban areas. We are, I know, I think the terms are called unbanked and underbanked. So when you're talking about not even having the institutions there in in the community, not even having the banks there, and then underbanked is when we're not even using our banking system enough. So we've got people going to these these quick pay loan, no, the, the quick cashing um, places, like same day cashing or whatever. So now you've got these, these, these places who specialize in specialty um, financing. They're getting a portion of your coin because we're not, we're, we're underbanked and unbanked. And then, you know, let's talk about the impact of this whole slavery thing. White Americans profited off of slavery, and they continue to profit off slavery. They were able to benefit from 250 years of unpaid labor, which allowed their families to accumulate, accumulate wealth and engage in wealth transfer. See, we were not given that same benefit because, remember, our labor was stolen and we, we, we were never compensated. We were never given that opportunity to transfer wealth. You know, um, Aetna Insurance built its brand off insurance slaves. They were able to insure the stolen labor. They forced breeding of the slaves and some torture. It's disgusting. I have a quote from Curant.com, C-O-U-R-A-N-T.com. This is what they wrote. Aetna believed financially from ensuring the lives of enslaved Africans with slave owners as the beneficiaries, as if the Africans were farm animals or excuse me, or office equipment. Farmer Paleman said in a written statement, now the company refuses to pay restitution for that inhumane practice that financed domestic slavery. So, you know, Aetna did come out and publicly acknowledge that they, like, insured 24 slaves. And I'm like, really? Was it only 24? Um, that, that's all they're copping to. So, I don't even know what the real number is, but that's what they're copping to. I don't know. I don't think a public apology is, is making amends. So, you know, what do reparations look like? I don't know. Perhaps special loans, um, a a discount, or perhaps uh, free education, access to health care. I don't know. Perhaps it should be tied back to having direct lineage to slaves. And I'm not sure where, I don't know where that cutoff is, right? There has to be something that says, hey, if, 
your family members or direct descendants of slaves or whatever based off of at least at least from this time period on, then you qualify for reparations. But what reparations look like, who knows? I think people who are smarter than me are going to come up with, with a, a really good package for what reparations look like. I know one thing. We can come up with money for wars. We can bail out these these companies during a pandemic. We can print money for everything, but we can't pay for reparations. Damn boy, I deserve reparations. So that's my answer. When he said, you know, do I deserve the reparations or why do I think I deserve reparations? So I want somebody to explain to me why people get to say, well, you know, the people who, who committed these atrocities are dead. The slave owners are dead. So I'm like, well, last I checked, the slave owners may be dead, but their families are still continuing to profit off of the slave labor. Think about it. Aetna you know, the insurer of slaves themselves, they they were purchased by CVS. CVS bought out Aetna in 2017 for $69 billion. Imagine being part of that legacy. You're part of a billion dollar legacy. Mm. My family has actually had land taking right from under their noses due to a lack of education. They didn't have the financial capital backing them. They, they didn't have the luxury of even just inheriting other wealth. And that's on both sides of my family. There's so many intangibles in this. And I don't, I don't know. I think one of the biggest things that we lost was just the fact that our entire history was stolen and never replaced. They keep trying to give us white history, which is a part of our history. But there's a whole other part of our history. We have large percentages of what makes us who we are that cannot be identified. It's crazy. Like I said, we can provide relief for a pandemic. We can pay for entitlements and and social security and, and disability and all these other things. We can pay for wars. Heck, we even ensure the Jews had a homeland in Israel. We can do a lot of things, but we can't come up with a reparations package. All right. Well, that's it, guys. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. I know that this was <laughs> kind of a little bit of a um, maybe spirited. I, I don't know. But I wanted to have that conversation. I think it's necessary. I'm sure others will disagree, but that's okay too. I, I welcome some, some healthy conversation, but this is just how I'm feeling. These are my thoughts. I would love to have more of this conversation at another time, but um, I got to wrap this up. So thank you for tuning in and I will talk to you guys next time. That's it, my fellow thinkers. Thanks for tuning in to the Loud Thinker Podcast. Whether good or bad takes, one thing is certain. They are my takes. Remember, I am free from groupthink, and something tells me you are too. 
If you want to hear more from me, my Twitter and Instagram handles are the Loud Thinkers with an S. Thank you for tuning in and see you next time.